your host, Dakota. Good morning, good afternoon, and welcome back to the Broadcast Nerd Hour. Welcome back, y'all. So, we are coming in just on the tail end of episode three of House of the Dragon. Yes, we are. We stayed up extra late to watch it and get this episode recorded for y'all. So, I just have to say, wow. This... This was an episode. So much symbolism in this episode. So much, just everything. A lot of character development. A lot of character change. And a big time gap. Time jump. I think if the Aegon is two, then we've probably jumped about three years. Because it's like nine months to, you know, have a kid. And then two years old. So I think it's fair to say we're like close to the three year mark since we where we were at the end of episode two yes i can i can agree with that so we're we're almost four years into it at this point yeah yeah i i think that's fair to say because the first jump was six months yeah so so we get we get a lot so from the king's point of view i guess let's we'll go character by character on this one so we see that he has a two-year-old son now, Aegon, with... Alicent. A, yes, and she is pregnant also. Yes, again. a second one. <laughs> so, his his development throughout this episode is whether or not he should name Aegon the new king or the heir to the throne. And replacing his daughter yeah and also like a big thing for him in this episode is convincing Rhaenyra to marry essentially yes which we do get closure in toward the end of the episode where he leaves the decision with her Mm -hmm. but she on the consensus that she has to marry yes which I think is it's um I'm happy to see how that blooms because we see in Game in Game of Thrones that that's not really something that happens from a royalty standpoint. Mm-hmm. We also we also see a big symbolism with the stag and the white stag as a specific item. Um so the white stag of course represents a Essentially, like a god's prosperity, good yeah. fortune, different things like that. Yes. So. So the they spot one, and the fact that it would be killed on the name day of Aegon would mean that he was truly the ruler. Or, mm-hmm. and so you we get kind of cool symbolism that because they they don't find it or they don't get the white stag at the end and you can tell that it's almost like relief but disappointment at the same time Mm -hmm. and so i think that's 
that was cool symbolism. Also, the white stag just kind of showed up to Rhaenyra. Yeah. So, like, maybe that's like, hey, like, I'm your good luck charm. I think it was showing from the god standpoint in the Game of Thrones universe that she's being chosen. That she is the the true ruler. Yeah. So, which we get confirmation from Game of Thrones that, she, uh, you know, that she does exist for a bit. Mm-hmm. So, going off of Rhaenyra, we also get, we get a lot of stuff with her. Um, we see her go medieval on a hog. We do. And, and I like how she comes back into town. Or not in town, into the festival covered in blood. Yeah. That's, that is, to me, it's like, just, wow. This, good, like, I don't know, like, the fact that not only did her father not get the white stag, but then she comes back into town with a hog that she killed herself. Yeah, because his was sort of fate. Yeah, they. Someone else caught it, they tied it down, and then he killed it. Yeah. So, that, then we go to the uncle, or Rhaenyra's uncle. Damon. Damon. And I, I kind of got, I, I need to kind of rewatch this part, because I thought the letter that, that the king received was from him, but I mm-hmm. guess not. I guess it was from, from some of his, from somebody with him, and he was truly offended by it apparently and essentially went on a rogue mission by himself to kill the crab king is what the, is that what they're calling him <laughs> the crab king yeah we don't get a whole lot of elaboration on him or where they came from and stuff just that there's a war that's been going on for several years with him king crab <laughs> <laughs> yes which we get to see that He's a very ruthless fighter, and he goes on a whim. He's, I, like, I would like to say that all that was planned, but it doesn't feel like it was planned. No. It feels like he just ran in and did it on top of committing a war crime, or what I'm pretty sure is a war crime. I'm pretty sure so surrendering and then resuming war <laughs> is a war crime. Yeah, probably. I didn't know we were watching Clone Wars. <laughs> but this episode was absolutely amazing, and I feel bad that we're not able to talk about it more for the fact that we are exhausted because this is recording number three of the day of four, and we still have Rick and Morty to watch. Yeah. So I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. And Short, to, sweet, and to the point. Yes. It was an excellent episode, and for some reason, if you listened to this and didn't watch the episode, you are missing out, because this is by far the best episode so far. I'm going to disagree. I still think episode number two was good, but this is definitely a good one, too. This one, I think, was phenomenal. So, I hope everybody has a great night, and we will see you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Broadcast Nerd Hour. 
please like, follow, and share wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to leave us a review and check us out on TikTok at the Broadcast Nerd Hour. Peace out, nerds.